the nice thing about technology is there are no limits. It doesn't matter where you are in the world. We can get hold of you and find out where and who you are. Um, because we had that talent competition, remember, a few weeks ago, Lotus Yaich, and of the top 10, there were a few that really stood out, and one of them was Marilet Lotz. Uh, Marie, how are you doing? Um, very good, thanks, and you, Janine. Fine and fabulous, thank you very much. So let's find out who you are. Your full name is Marilette. Do you know what it means? Oh, it's a, a combination of my grandma's name. So her names were M- Maria Aleta. And um, I, I was always very concerned about, you know, the Mara part because it means bitter. But yes. then I did a little bit more research and I found out it actually it can mean resilience and to be strong. So I, I left that meaning, the bitterness meaning, and I picked up the one that I that I um, wanted to hold on to. And that's the re- resilience and to be strong. And then the Aleta part, that means winged one. So oh, I, I'm a strong gorgeous. winged one. <laughs> you know what? I was yeah. reading um, in Samuel the story about Nabal, the, the bad husband, um, with, oh, yes. uh, with Abigail. And it said that yes. she literally says Nabal is like his name. His name meant, I think, I think it was um, uh, impatient or it was, a, it was a horrible meaning. But she literally said he oh. is like his name is. And, and so uh, the meanings of names are important, especially when you consider yes. how Jesus and how uh, through, through all the centuries, how the, the meanings of names, how he actually even changed names meanings. Because so it's, that's what's being said over you every single day that you live. Um, resilience. I know, it's prophesied each time someone says your name, it's, it's called out in you. So yes, it was very important for me to find the, the positive meaning. Yes, absolutely. Um, well, in, we in also know life. that you can sing, you can make music, you write your own music. But if you had yes. to introduce yourself personality-wise, what do you do for a living? You know, introduce yourself to someone who's never met you before. Oh, wow. Um, I always say I'm a, a jack of all trades, do a little bit of everything. I I study journalism, actually, and uh, marketing, uh, but I, I never, I've never worked in that direction. Or uh, I went to Taiwan uh, right after I finished university. Uh, so I was a teacher there, and then um, oh, we came back for six years, and then I got married and went back to Taiwan. Um, and, and work some more. So it, what I do is a little bit of everything. I, I do a lot of music. I'm involved in two different churches, um, and I, I love ministry, um, and I, I do whatever my hand finds to do. But I also um, I'm passionate about education, so I've, I've compiled a, a Causa course that I uh, sell online and I do a little bit of trading. So it's, it's really a little bit of everything. And then obviously the songwriting and singing and I do some performances. Wow. Um, yeah. But it, it is true that these days an artist can't just do music. You need to be more versatile to, to uh, you know, to, to afford to do your art as well and get it out That's there. That's true. Um, but w- your music, true. is this a family thing? Does it come down with the generations? Where do you get it? Oh, no, I don't really think so. My mom loves singing, but um, I oh, I don't really know. I started singing when I was very little. Uh, I was in the Tigerberg Children's Choir back in primary school, and then um, I just started really loving harmonies and, and uh, writing songs. I, I wrote my first song when I was 13. 
And um, then when I, I didn't do much in high school, I wrote a bunch of angry songs <laughs> when I was in high school. <laughs> and then uh, when I got to university, I I, I really met the Lord and um, I started writing worship music and um, leading worship there. So I think it's the, the real thing started when I was when I was about 19 or 20 years old. So what happened? Why did you get saved? Well, I, I grew up in church, but they say, you know, sitting in a garage all day doesn't make you a car. So I, I wasn't really saved. I was just going to church. And then um, I joined a singing group at university and I started learning more about the Holy Spirit. And um, when I was, yeah, you know, I, I was just, I had such a hunger to really meet him and to be filled with the Spirit. And um, we were on tour. I think it was the April holidays or March, April holidays um, of my first year at university. And then um, I was filled with the Spirit and everything was suddenly it was, it was so, so real to me. I, I met the Lord in, in a whole different way. And everything, like in that moment, I knew the entire Bible is true and, and God is real and he's with me. And before that, I just knew it with my mind. But in that moment, I had the experiential knowledge. But what changes when you get to know him is that you actually get to know him. You know, you find out who he is. Did you have a few misperceptions mm. before you actually got to know him that he had to change when you started doing this whole journey with him? Oh, definitely. I, I used to think of him as, as very distant and angry at me because I'm so sinful. And um, I'm, I started knowing him as a friend. I think that was the first thing that changed. I, I, I started knowing him as a friend. I struggled with the father, um, knowing him as a father. So that took t took a little longer. Um, but eventually I started knowing him as a loving father and my healer. And there are so many different aspects of who he is. And I think we could take a lifetime and not know him completely. Although we can truly know him, we, we can't. We can't know everything about him or every single detail, but we can truly know him and know his character and know his love for us. I think the the main thing is to shift from uh, just um, uh, serving him in fear uh, to to serving him out of love uh, and knowing his love for us and responding to that love. So why was it so hard for you to get to know him as a father? I think it's oh, my my dad was was quite distant um, when we grew up. He was it was there and he was involved. It was in the house and uh, but he wasn't really involved in our lives. Um, uh, I think it was more my mom who who did the parenting, and um, so yes, I I struggled to know the father as someone who who is someone so full of love, you know, someone who just wants to be with me and spend time with me. But how did he convince you? Because it's this weirdest thing that you can ask anyone if, if they've got difficulty getting to know God as a father. It starts with your own father and it doesn't actually make sense. I mean, it's a human being and yet it's the mm. truth for every single person on earth. Your own father does represent fatherhood in God it's so true. for some or other reason. So how did he then convince you that he really and truly loves you, especially in the way a father would? Oh, I can't even remember. Obviously through scripture, but, you know, initially, you know, scripture just in your mind. But then when, when it becomes reality and he meets you um, in a place maybe where you really need to feel his love and his nearness, 
um, then you can truly speak out of experience. Uh, but yes, as I said, I, I always, and when I prayed, I was always, um, I can only pray for things that I really, really need. But uh, he started teaching me that I can, I can pray for things that I want as well. Like, you know, blessings that I, that's not necessities, um, but, but just things that he wants to give me, like a father buying an ice cream for his, yeah. his daughter or something like that. Just something to bless his daughter with. And I think the more I read scripture, the more I meditated upon it and actually tested the scriptures to see um, that, that God is true, true to his word, it became more of a reality that he, he really is my loving father. And I'm sure your music must be something precious between the two of you as well, considering it's something that you enjoy creating and that he enjoys listening to what you've created. Yes, I always, I always um, remember the story of, of Philip and the Ethiopian. We, you know, it's a long story, but he, God speaks and he, he reacts in a certain way. Uh, and I think it's the same way with all of us who write music and sing. God speaks. He gives you ideas and inspiration. But what we do with it is unique. It's it's not the same as the next person. And um, I, as you said, I think he enjoys seeing or watching um, just see what we do with what he's given us. So he's given us talent, but we have to work on it and we have to develop that talent. And he he gives inspiration. So many times I, I will just get an idea or I go through something. I think my music has helped me a lot um, in, in harder times also to just um, to to verbalize actually how how I feel and how I hold on to the Lord in, in these tough times. You know, I'm thinking of COVID. Um, I, I, I was really wrong writing a lot in that time and it, it really helped me to, to process things and to stay positive and um, just stay full of joy. It must be, I mean, someone else who doesn't have music, maybe a writer has got pen and ink, You've, that God gives every one of us something in our hearts that helps us to process whatever life is around us, like a, like a tool. Mm. But yours gets to stay, hey? I mean, if you create something beautiful, <laughs> it can actually get out there and mean something to so many more people outside of you because of something you'd gone through. It's, it's even more than a preacher or more than someone who makes one program on radio. It's, it can, it can <laughs> help people over and over again. I mean, how big a privilege is that? That is such an awesome privilege and a, a great responsibility, I think, to, to make sure that what I'm saying is actually going to mean something to the next person and it's not going to contain any lies or any maybe just a misrepresentation of who God is. So I do take that very seriously. And, and, and I do hope that the things that I write, because um, I know it helped me, but I, yes, obviously there's that thing that I, I really want the music to, to bless someone else and to help them to, to get through the same stuff. Yeah, I'm just thinking a, a melody can be so lacquer, you know, but if mm. your lyrics aren't in line with a word, it can literally harm people. There, there are there are songs out there that literally accomplish. And I'm talking in Christian music. I'm not even talking outside of Christian music. Even praise and worship songs that, because they're not in line yes. with the word, create expectations and all kinds of misperceptions about who God is. So, how do you stay accountable with your music? Like, if you say you're involved in two churches, does that still give you the opportunity to have your music listened to and evaluated before it gets out there? 
I th- yeah, I think it's very important. I think that's key to any ministry is to be firmly planted in a local church because uh, that's where we do have some input in each other's lives. And um, I do put my music out there before I, you know, submit it to, to people, but but I, I get feedback and I really listen to the feedback. But most of all, I, I try to stay true to Scripture um, no, it's not that every line out of all my songs come out of scripture, yeah, but yeah, it's, yeah. it stays yeah, yeah. true to the to the main to the message and to to scripture. Maybe I just phrase it a bit differently or whatever. But um, so that's the first thing. I know we can all interpret scripture differently, but that's why I think where the community comes in, mm-hmm. um, where you allow other people to to have input in your life and then also in your in your ministry. And it does take a little bit of humility, you know, to to. Um, to be open to other people, especially when you're an artist and criticism is hard because it is <laughs> something that you bounce off, you feed off other people's opinions. It gives you more guts or less, less guts if people like or don't like your stuff. So it's actually hard. It's, it's an intentional thing to have the humility to subject yourself to people's opinions. Yes, it's definitely, it keeps you very humble because <laughs> sometimes you, you get opinions from people that you don't even ask, um, but you you know have, you still have to be open to, to the input of others. And then you have your closer friends and the people that you really bounce your innermost thoughts uh, off of. And, and those are the people that I would really trust. So I do have a, let's call it an inner circle um, that I, Obviously, I, I value their opinion a, a little bit more than, say, um, someone that I don't know of the Internet. Um, but I, I think it's very important to consider all things and then keep hold on to what is good and pray over these things. If you do get criticism, um, I think not all criticism is is good. Obviously, no, of sometimes not, yeah. uh, people are wrong <laughs> in what they say. And um I think it's very important to just stay in touch with the Holy Spirit and take it to Him also and see see what He says. Yeah, and and it is a risk to put anything with words, lyrics out there because mm. it is not only you saying your say, it's heard on the other side by someone else with their own baggage and their own interpretation of what you say, and you're not there to defend no. it. So have your <laughs> have you had a song that's been misunderstood? You know that people say. How dare you, or something like that, when when they or, or misunderstood your heart? Um, maybe they haven't spoken it out. <laughs> I, 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 this one song, <laughs> specifically this one Afrikaans song that I'm thinking of now, it's a very intimate um, song about the love of God, and um, I I was very scared to put it out there, but it had such a good response and it, it really touches people's lives so it's it's not so that one because it's not um directly out of scripture it's just the desire to be with god and god's desire to be with with us i think that can be misinterpreted or someone can actually pull it apart but but no one has done so to my face i don't know maybe <laughs> you're a great communicator <laughs> <laughs> oh that that would be one good answer yes but Definitely. i believe there are some words that people um but take them back to the scriptures because because actually if if there's something that confronts someone the best thing we can do is to go measure it against the word yeah. to see yeah. if it's if it's wrong or not and then you've got the backing of the of the god of the universe like 
What can they say to yes. that? <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, we're going to get to your music, My Beaker. This was the song that I heard when you did the finals. And um, I thought, wow, oh, yes. this is just such a good song. But it's got a backstory, doesn't it? Well, yes. Well, I, I was in a, in a, I decided a, a few years ago to, to focus more on writing from scripture. So it's basically um, Psalm 23, um, just paraphrased. And yeah, I, I don't think, because it was also in a time where I really had to hold on to God and trust him for provision and trust him to to hear where, where I'm supposed to be, you know, to hear his voice. Uh, and just um, in the words, there's a part that says, um, knowing that I'm, I've been anointed. For, for what I'm doing and just to trust his voice. So that's the backstory of, of um, the reason why I wrote the lyrics. I mean, the melody and the, the rhythm and stuff, it's, it's quite different from <laughs> from what's out there, I think, in the South African market. But um, I do take, um, I, I listen to a lot of music, um, international music, Christian, non-Christian, whatever, and, and just to get a lot of ideas because um, I think when you only listen to one kind of music, mm. uh, you can easily start writing just like that to fit in, into a certain mold. And I, um, yeah, I really didn't want to do that. I, I just want to be fresh and stick with the times. Well, I thought um, you sounded. I'm not really sure if, I, if I'm getting it. Sorry, what did you say? No, I thought you sounded very unique. I loved the style. To me, that <laughs> was fresh. Fresh is really a good word for it. Thank you. Thanks so much. <laughs> okay. Well, if people want to connect with your ministry, with your music, anything in future, uh, socials, all of that, where do they go? Uh, I have a Facebook page. It's Marie Lotz. And then I also have some of the music uh, I've done is uploaded onto YouTube. So there's also a channel, um, Marie Lotz. That Marie. Yeah, and then we do this. Sorry? Uh, that Marie. You'll have to spell it because there's a wide variety. Oh, M-A-R-I. Of- Okay, M-A-R-I and then L-O-T-Z. Right, with the Z, you see. Now we'll be finding (laughs) you. (laughs) M-A-R-I and then lots L-O-T-Z. All right, so let's listen to the song. It's called My Beaker. Um, It's not a formal (laughs) release yet, or it's a a video. You release it as a video um, so far on YouTube now. Yes, just a lyric video that I did a few years ago. I don't know, maybe two years ago. Um, I did the a home recording and just uploaded a, a lyric video with it. So is the plan now with with Lotons Jaeg that this is going to be the song that's on the CD or which one are you going to put on there? I'm not sure if I can choose <laughs> <laughs> or if they choose. Sure but yes, that will probably... <laughs> <laughs> that would probably be the song, or this the the song from the second round um, was also about God's love. So it would be one of those two, I, I think. But I, I'm not sure who's choosing. <laughs> okay, well, this is the one that I heard and the one that I wanted to share with you. So have a listen to this, Marie Lotz with a Z. My beer kid. It sounds like this. <laughs>